Welcome to the podcast channel of the East Bay Unity Intergroup of Overeaters Anonymous. The opinions expressed here are those of individual members and do not represent OA as a whole. For more information about our intergroup, please visit our website at eastbayoa.org. Go ahead. Hey, I'm Barbara and I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, hi. It's good to be here. This is my first time sharing on Zoom. Um, so I don't know how, how if, if that makes a difference. I don't know. Um, I came into this program, uh, it's 42 years ago in 1978. Um, at the time I had been, um, I'd gone through a period where I had really wanted to lose weight and I had tried fasting and I'd fast for a few days, maybe five days or something and lose some weight. And then I would try to have, you know, I figured that would shrink my stomach and I could have small meals and I would have small meals for a period of time, probably not very long. And then they would get bigger and bigger and I would start gaining back the weight and then I would schedule another fast and it got to the point where I couldn't schedule another fast. And in the meantime, I had, um, I gotten laid off from my job. So I had a lot of unstructured time and I found myself wandering the streets of San Francisco, trying to find something that would satisfy my craving without filling me up because I was already full. And at that point, my um, husband at the time was an alcoholic and not in recovery. And he had a favorite bartender and um, she 12 stepped me into the into OA. So I'm very grateful. I'm very grateful for her and for this program. I found when I came into OA that I just felt at home right away. It was just wonderful to me that there were people who ate like I ate and had been able to stop. And, um, and that there were people in this program who, who weren't constantly ashamed of what they weighed and what they ate. Um, I had been kind of the I had been a sort of person who, you know, from, I'm a compulsive reader from the time I was about four years old. I could see by pictures I was putting on weight. And by the time I was in middle school, I was binging pretty much out of control. Um, searching things in the kitchen, um, eating, eating things from one side of the container and, and then from the other side of the container. So no one would notice that I had eaten it all. Um, so I came into OA and you would think with that history, I would accept my powerlessness right away, but that's not exactly how it was. Um, I did, uh, follow most of the time. What was then, a, uh, the food plan was blue shape, blue sheet, which was like gray sheet, only there were some very minor changes to it. And, you know, low carb food plan is good, is good for me, but the rigidity of it was a little, um, a little difficult. And I, I would have minor slips that sometimes ended up um, being major slips. Um, and also was the frustrating thing, you know, that I, I'd get 30 days of abstinence and then I would lose it. Anyway, in the, in the process of this, in spite of not having consistent abstinence, I lost um, really all the weight I needed to lose, which was about 70 pounds at the time. But, um, I, I kept trying to find a way that I could eat what I wanted and not binge. And I was sort of like, um, and at the time the literature that we had was mostly the big book and the AA 12 and 12. 
And there's on page 31 of the big book, it describes um, things that alcoholics have done to try to not admit that they're alcoholic. And I, there's was equivalence with food for me. Um, I tried to eat, um, I tried to, to see if I, there was a form of sugar I could eat. And um, I would try a natural form of sugar. And um, I used to buy these in the, a five pound can for my children. So they had healthy food and I would eat. I, I, one time I ate almost the whole thing. And, they, and then they had um, coffee, free coffee where I worked. And so I figured I could put some of this, uh, this um, artificial creamer into my coffee. So I did that for a while. And then one day I didn't want coffee and I thought, well, I can have this anyway. And I started eating it out of the can. So there were, there were these things that kept uh, coming up where I kept trying things and failing. And um, eventually, eventually um, I did get uh, some extended abstinence. Um, but I'm also reminded of the big book of the story of the guy who um, thinks it would be five oh, okay, five minutes, okay to eat, um, to have whiskey if he put it in his milk. And, um, and, and have no idea, you know, everything seemed to be fine. Why, why, did, he, why did he do this? And I remember one time I had quite an extended period of abstinence. I had abstinence. I had just um, had a salad bar and walked across the street and blew my abstinence uh, with some frozen dessert. So those are the kinds of things that was happening. At the same time, um, I did find that I couldn't be abstinent without working the steps. And um, so I went ahead and did my fourth step. And that was the, and my fourth and fifth steps were really transformative for me. Um, I had to take a look at my work history because I was at a job where I just couldn't seem to function. Um, I remember my boss came in and asked me if I would work overtime to finish this project. And I just kind of laughed inside because I wasn't working, you know, in the normal day. What was the point of working overtime? So I had to look at what I was doing. And then I also, um, so I ended up um, seeing my pattern of taking a job, being all excited about it, and then getting bored and quitting. Um, and I had to change my occupation, which I did. And, and I did that by really searching for what God's will for me was. And it has turned out to be a really good, a really good um, thing. Um, at this, and all, all the other thing was, you know, that I was, I was married to a man and that wasn't working out either. And it turns out eventually I, through this program, really, I came out as a lesbian, which, um, is, so I, there were life transforming things from working the steps in this program. Um, I'd been in the program for about 10 years and I had a horrible abstinence, uh, horrible abstinence, horrible relapse. And in my relapse, um, I gained back all the weight I had lost and then some, so that um, actually I gained 100 pounds in this program. And um, what I had found was that um, I needed to ask for help 
and um, I needed to find a, uh, I needed to find a faith that worked under all conditions, because I really had lost my faith through this um, situation where I had finished school and uh, was still working at a job that I didn't like. So I, and also on top of that, I decided I was, I was able to work the program on my own and didn't need to go to meetings anymore. And um, that lasted for a few months and the food got progressively worse and worse until I had, was binging out of control. Um, they would have these free uh, sweet things on Fridays where I worked and I would have one and one wouldn't be enough. So I would go back and have another one and that would be embarrassing to have more. So I'd take a couple and eat it in the ladies room. And then at break, I would go out to the store and buy more stuff. And I would feel terrible and I would feel stuffed and uh, I still didn't feel satisfied. I still had cravings. So I would, so I would stop eating that. And after about five days, I would start to feel better because I'd gone through, I went through horrible withdrawals, feeling sick, sick to my stomach, headaches, you know, the whole thing, sort of like heroin withdrawal. In five days, I'd start to feel better and then I would start the whole thing over again. So it was really out of control. So the main thing that I needed to do was um, to get back to meetings. And I thought once I got back to meetings, I would, I would instantly get abstinent again, but it didn't work that way. It took me quite some time. And um, in the meantime, um, it was hard. The humility uh, that was required of me to go back after being successful in the program and um, having gained all this weight and still not be abstinent. But what I had to recognize was there was no, there was no place else to go. There was no natural limit to how much weight I could gain or how long I could go on eating um, that I needed to depend on the program. And so um, in terms of my, my, my spiritual, um, I had to have a faith that worked under all conditions. And what I found was um, that sometimes I didn't feel connected to a higher power. You know, I had depended on having this kind of emotional connection and it, it wasn't there for me a lot of times. 10, okay. But I could depend on the principles of the program and doing the action in the program and following the steps of the program. And I also just, I also started practicing uh, more seriously um, um, to have my Buddhist practice and the principles of, of that program. Over the years, my spirituality had changed and continued to change. Um, at the beginning, um, I found I was really looking for some blissful experience, a typical addict, I guess. And what I discovered was that uh, it was more about paying attention um, than, than getting a high off of my uh, spiritual practice. And in the beginning, I just wanted to, um, I just wanted to be absent. And I found that a higher power really helped in that. And that, you know, there were times when um, I had planned to eat something, uh, you know, a serving of for five or, you know, from the freezer. Um, and then just kind of miraculously put it back, you know, and I found that I, I could, 
if I let go of my, of wanting to eat and not fighting it, just let go, then I could, I could be abstinent. And if I tried to fight it, um, I would lose. So I really needed to, to learn to surrender, which I did, you know, gradually. So in the, in the process of recovering from my relapse, um, I had a more gentle food plan. Um, more, and um, I lost weight more slowly, very slowly over the years. But I was able to, um, I was able to keep that abstinence um, since uh, 1992. And I'm grateful for that, abstinent from sugar and from binging. There have been a couple of phases in my life where I did compulsively overeat. One was, um, I was working, I was working for this um, boss who was not very kind to me. Uh, I was self-employed and I was working late and having dinner late. And um, I had some snacks available for um, the kids that I worked with. And, you know, I would get hungry and I just couldn't seem to resist these uh, snacks. They weren't sugar, but they were not what, what needed to be uh, on my food plan. And so I learned to take care of myself better. And I gave myself a half hour break for dinner. And I stopped buying these things for my, for my kids because they didn't really need them either. And, um, you know, those are, those are the kinds of things that I find I need to do is just to think about, you know, what are the things that are not working in my life, whether it's with food or with anything else? And what can I, what can I have the courage to change? So how much time do I have left? Six minutes. Uh, okay. So let me just check, check my notes for a minute and gather myself. Okay. Now. Okay. Um, I just want to, I think, spend some time talking about the last few years after after I'd been abstinent for a while, I still was um, pretty heavy, and I <clears throat> decided I wanted to I wanted to lose the weight, and but I was still powerless over food, so I realized that I needed to step up my program and depend on my higher power more. So I was able to to change my food plan and cut back on my food, but not because I had the power to do it, but because I depended on the program to do it, the tools and and the steps of the program. And I was able to, um, to lose some weight and get to a, a weight that was healthier for me and in which I felt better. Um, today, I know that, you know, in, in the early days of the program, abstinence was considered a tool. And then they changed it to a food plan and abstinence is the goal. But according to the big book and in, in actuality, the abstinence is not the goal either. It's, it's a spiritual awakening. So I have been focusing on how I can continue my process of spiritual growth now that I've been abstinent for a while and food really isn't often that big of an issue. Um, Five minutes. So 
let me let me give an example. Um, you know, this is we're living in hard times. You know, it's hard times more for some people than for others, and I really have. Um, I'm really grateful um, that my life has been as easy and comfortable in this pandemic as, as it is. I've been able to continue working from home. I've been able to have OA Zoom meetings. I don't know what I would have done without OA in this time. But, you know, it, it does wear on you after a while. And then, you know, the, the terrible, um, the t terrible uh, situation of, of racism and violence and brutality in, in this country is, um, is, um, it's, is uh, challenges. It's challenging for all of us. And I reached a point on, on Monday where I was feeling I was in a funk. You know, I felt disconnected. I felt guilty. I felt um, tired. I felt like I had no energy. And I thought, um, what, you know, what do I do with this? What I did with it was to recognize that I needed the steps and tools of the program just as much for that funky thing as, as I do for the food. And in order to be abstinent, I need to be in fit spiritual condition. And I was not in fit spiritual condition. So I did a few things. Um, took a few program tools and I, I talked on the phone to a friend and I did service, not for OA this time, which I do regularly, but some community service. And, and it does say in the 12th, it does say in the 12th step that we practice these principles in all our affairs. And I think service is an important principle to practice in all our affairs. I did some community service that made me feel less useless and disconnected. And I started doing a daily 10th step. And the 10th step that I do is not, it's not a, it's pretty easy. It's not a soul searching kind of a thing. But the first thing I, it's the four G's. Gratitude, glitches, good things I did, and goals for the day. So it incorporates, um, I find that gratitude is an important part of my spiritual practice. And I can do it anytime, anywhere, and it helps. Um, it helps overcome all kinds of negative thinking and um, attitudes. And then the the um, goals for today is really um, the same as a, a what do we call it? An action plan. In the past, I've done action plans. You know, like daily action plans that have a whole long list of stuff to do. And I just feel overwhelmed. And I've, I've you know, I'm in, in an older home that I moved into fairly recently and there's tons of stuff to do. And so I get so overwhelmed, I can't do anything. So I decided that my goal, my action plan would be one thing that I could do. So doing all of those things, which are really quite simple and I learned in the program, really turned it around for me. I, you know, had more energy and I had a better mood and, and, and I was able to get some things done that I hadn't been able to get done. So I just, I just, I think in closing, I want to say that this program works and I can apply the tools and the steps to any part of my life and um, it will get better. 
And um, I am really grateful for this program and for the people in this program who have transformed my life um, and um, can transform my transformed my life over the arc of my life and have transformed can have the power to transform any day in my life or any five minutes in the day of my life. So thank you.